If you are a member here at Lionheart, then you know that we, we have 12 pillars we teach every year. One per month. If you're new here to Lionheart, that's how we do it. We have a theme per month. And this month is holiness. We have the graphic up there. So we have prayer, the word, faith, healing, prosperity, wisdom, success, Holy Spirit, which was last month, consecration, supernatural praise, and vision. And for consecration, we're also calling it holiness. It can be interchangeable. Holiness. So it's great to hear how the Lord has strategically shared things each and every month up until this month. And there are more things that he would like to share with us with regard to what's going on in the earth, with regard to what's going on in our lives, the secret things that no one knows but him, the secret things that are in your heart that your spouse does not know, your parents don't know. And for some, you might not even know because you buried it. So today we're going to uncover some things. We're going to recover some things. We're going to share some things, get some revelation and insight. We're going to repent at the end. Amen. So I have the privilege of sharing and delivering the word on today. It will be impactful and eye-opening. But it was a challenge for me to get here on today because of what I've been going through the last six weeks. It's been a strange kind of thing. Is that um, It's like a war, a war against my mind to keep me confused disillusioned, weepy, emotional, but yet at the same time, the war to strengthen me and to empower me and to give me divine direction. So, so, so at times I'm feeling like, okay, am I, what, what's going on? Am I schizophrenic here? What's happening? Knowing full well I'm not schizophrenic, but the battle against my mind because he can't get to my spirit. The enemy cannot get to your spirit. He can attack you in your mind. So as long as I have peace on the inside down here, then I was okay to move forward. But when I had disturbances up here, I had to just fight through, fight through. And I'm sure as people are uh, nodding their heads, you have also had that same experience. Maybe even up till this past week. Maybe even this morning in getting here, trying to fight your way because the Lord has something for you. The enemy does not want you to have what the Lord has for you. So I've had this fight for like six weeks now. Just trying to stay on track, stay on track, just pray, pray, pray. Finally, I had to just cry out to the Lord and say, I need reinforcement. I need help. And as I cried out to God, I would get a text. Hey, I'm praying for you. I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I'm so thankful for those prayers. And so when you feel prompted of the Lord, whether you reach out via text or phone call or not, if the Lord brings someone before your face, your time of prayer or during your day, do not ignore that. Be sensitive enough. And slow enough and gentle enough to pause for 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds to hear from the Lord and pray for that individual because you don't know what they're going through in that moment. That has happened to me so many times where the Lord will prompt me to pray, prompt me to pray. Whether I'm sleeping or not, he doesn't care. Whether I'm working or not, he does not care. Whether I'm driving or not, he does not care because all he wants is his will done. Amen. So I've had great difficulty at times trying to make important decisions because he's been so gentle with me. He's not speaking to me the way that he used to where I could hear it loud and clear. Not with my ears, but on the inside. I knew for sure, go this way, go this way, go this way. I knew for sure. But he's been giving me impressions that are strong enough that I know it's him, but gentle enough where I can miss it. Strong enough where I get it. 
I mean, I know something. He wants to give me something, but so soft that I don't hear it loud and clear. Such was the case with Nigeria. We were supposed to go to Nigeria in December. Now, mind you, we went last December. My husband and I, we took a team. And it was a marvelous experience, one that I longed to experience over and over and over again. The people, the food, the ministry, the miracle signs and wonders. I wanted to do it again and again. Well, I thought, okay, this is December. I can't wait till next December. But lo and behold, we got a call in March that Bishop Oyedepo was doing a church growth, a supernatural church growth, growth conference. And my husband asked me the question, well, should I go? I mean, instantly, absolutely. Why are you even asking? Absolutely, you should go. Absolutely. Well, do you want to go? Well, that's not so absolutely because we've got all these kids and we have to have someone to care for them and to be with them while we're gone. So absolutely, I would love to go, but that would depend upon someone being here to care for them. That someone being Kim and my brother-in-law because pretty much nobody else is going to keep my kids. They might want to, but I just, she is one who can step into my life and pick up what my, she has the capacity to handle my life where it is right now. For a week, week and a half, two weeks, she can handle it. So it's a lot of responsibility, particularly with how busy my children are. So it just so happened when we called my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, he had taken two weeks off. He had two weeks of vacation. It just so happened that God had divinely orchestrated a moment for us to be there. So when we got there, so everything worked out. When we got there, I asked the Lord a series of questions, which I journaled, because I wanted to see at the end of the trip how he had answered me. The first question I asked him was, Lord, why are we here? What are we supposed to get while we're here? Is it an impartation? Is it an anointing? Is it a blessing? Why, is it a special word? Why are we here? And so as the time went on, the answers began to unfold. I had more questions than he began to answer. That was March. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But you also remember during that time, because you all were praying, that things began to shut down because of COVID. We were halfway around the planet, and the Lord told us to go there. He told us to go. And so as we got to the conference, we were so blessed. It was so awesome. On the last, on the last day, they said, okay, today is the last day. We went back to the hotel. And the next morning, my husband says, well, wow, I guess I could, we could really go home. I could, we just really go home because it's over now. And so we go to lunch. I wanted to go to the bookstore and different things that I wanted to do. I wasn't quite ready to go home. But then I got a text on my phone that says, your flight has been canceled. Our flight was scheduled to leave the next day to come back home. Instantly, I'm ready to go. Let's go get our stuff, go back to the hotel. Let's call Delta, see what's going on. I started packing my things. Now I feel an urgency. It is time to leave. At that moment, I'm ready to go to the airport, and I was camp out all night, but I know it's time to go. Little did I know that there was a window that was closing. We're there, but a window is closing because the planet is literally shutting down. We left as it was shutting down, but we knew that we had a word from the Lord to go. The safest place to be in the planet is in the perfect will of God. Regardless to COVID, pandemic, the flu, Ebola virus, E. coli, whatever it might be, the safest place to be is in the center of his will. It does not matter what it looks like to other people. If he told you to go, he told you to stay, do it. As a real estate professional, I'm uniquely privileged and positioned to help people. Find places, move places, pick up places, get some, move to where they need to get, go. Stay, sail, whatever it is. I'm uniquely privileged to know about it and to pray for them. 
to pray that we find the right location, the right property for the right price at the right time. Why is that important? Because the Lord has a plan. And if you have someone that's in it for themselves and in it for the money, you won't get where you need to go. So we're all connected as brothers and sisters, as your pastors, the ministers, we're all connected to pray for one another and help uplift each other. And that right timing is so important. You can have a general sense. I believe this is the time. I believe this is the time. But it might take somebody else to say, yeah, this is definitely the time. Go now. Take the class now. Sell now. Buy now. Go now. Do now. So that trip was quite amazing. And when I got home, I had so many answers. I was so full of the Lord because of all that happened there. And I had a sense when I left and I came home as everything was shutting down and we had the last flight out of Nigeria. After we left, the, the airport was shut down until May, June, July, or just August. It was shut down for several months. We got the last flight. And people said, oh my God, we were so afraid you might get stuck. I wasn't. I'm not getting stuck. My babies are in America. I'm not getting stuck. I if I have to catch tailwind on the back of a plane, I will be, if the Lord has to transport me, I will be back in America. So our flight was canceled. We had a flight to a layover in Amsterdam for five hours. People have hazmat suits, masks, I mean, hats, everything, face shields. It didn't matter. We were completely at peace because we were supposed to be there. And so in your life, as you walk in holiness, you can trust and rest assured the Father will protect you. Your belongings might not be protected. You might lose a car. You might lose some things, but your life will not be lost. You do not have to fear the days currently or the days ahead. You don't have to fear for your children, whether they're on the college campus or whether they're at school or at home. You do not have to fear. Fear is a weapon of the enemy to keep you in a state of emotion and to keep you in bondage. You do not have to be afraid. The Lord promised that he would protect us and keep us safe. For he said, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Not a wishy-washy mind. Not an unsure mind. Not a crazy mind. Not a double-minded mind. And even though you may feel like you're going this way sometimes in your mind, check how you feel in your spirit. Are you at peace with the decision. Naturally, this looks crazy. It sounds crazy. It sounds stupid. I'm not going to tell nobody this sounds so crazy. But on the inside, do you have peace with this? So when it came to going back to Nigeria in December, I did not have peace. But it wasn't like, ah, 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 ah. It was so gentle. I was like, wait a minute, Lord. Am I supposed to go or not go? I mean, my daughter may graduate in December, you know, early from college. So is that why I want to stay home? Is that why I want to stick around and help her with graduation? Is this you? Is this you? Is this you? Is this you? But he doesn't have to say a word for me to know it's him. I could feel it. And when you spend time with God, the more time you spend with him, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying and reading, you become more sensitive to his touch. You know how it is, ladies. Your husband have to say a word. But when you feel his touch, it makes it's something different about his touch. The Lord was touching me. He was getting my attention. It was strong enough for me to know, okay, pause. But it was so gentle that I could have missed it had I not paid attention. So finally I told my husband, I'm not sure if I should go. I don't believe I should. So I think I'm going to not go this time. Which was odd because I love Nigeria. 
I want to go back. I was looking forward to going back. So I knew this has to be, I don't know why, but it has to be the Lord. And so you have to be careful when, even with things that you want to do. And that's how the enemy can trip you up. There are things you want to do. I want to go here. I want to do this. When he's trying to get your attention, not to do a thing, not to pay for a thing, not to go with a particular person because of something that's on that person, not to, whatever it might be. He's trying to get your attention so you'll pay attention and he can lead you and guide you softly and sweetly. Now, sometimes he's so soft that you wonder, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? So what do you do? What should you do? You know how it is if you're talking, me and Kim are talking and she's talking and I can't hear her because the music is loud and people are talking, I'll lean in so I can hear her better. I'll quiet myself. I'll ask her to speak louder and I'll get close. The Bible says if you draw close to him, if you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. So you can hear in a distance. There's something he wants to tell me. There's something he wants me to know. He gave me a dream last night, but I'm not quite sure what all this means. You need to lean in a little bit. Like, Daddy, what are you saying? I'm quiet. I'm soft. I won't make a move till I'm sure. So lean in to the Lord. So let's turn over to Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14. So as the battle of my mind started to rage and get more and more intense, I just purposed to stay right where I was in God. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Because the battle that the enemy comes at you with is in your mind. He can't get to your spirit. If you are a born-again Christian, if you are a child of God, you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, he cannot get to your spirit. But he can wreak havoc in your mind, which will cause confusion and, and just disorientation. And if you have that, you must open your mouth and speak to it. Don't just let it rage. If he's speaking to your mind and you listen, then what? He wins because you haven't opened your mouth. But if he's telling you, you won't have a baby, you won't get a job, you're going to die. If you just sit there and listen, then what will take over is your thoughts. But you open your mouth and say, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. I am called to be fruitful and multiply. I will have a baby. I will get the job that you asked me, that you promised me that I would get. I will get married. I will walk in all the things that you have promised that I will walk in. Let's look at Matthew it's up there, great. Matthew 24, as Jesus was, Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return, and the end of the world. There are many people asking themselves that question right now today because things are pretty crazy. And before long, they will get crazier. And the Lord is sharing these divine secrets with his children, with his servants. He said, I will do nothing in the earth unless I reveal it first to my servants. There are people speaking, but are you listening? We watched some videos a few weeks ago of Pastor Dana Coverstone. He has re released another video of, a, of dreams the Lord has given him. There are people who will scoff and say, no, nah, that won't happen. No, nah, that won't happen. Oh, no, it's happening. And only those who will have ears to hear, 
eyes open to receive and our heart open to receive and begin to prepare. Sadhu, the Indian gentleman that I love to listen to, he said, this is the year of preparation. This is the year. So Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. So we see this right now, right? Wars right here in America. Race wars right here in America. Burning the cities down, stays down, acting a complete fool. They're right here. But he said that the end would not come immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, famines, and earthquakes, and in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains. More to come. So you think this pandemic was crazy and unheard of and all that? There is more to come. More to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. That's happening right now in other countries. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Is that happening right now? Are people being killed? And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Is this happening in the earth right now? This is happening. This is unfolding right now. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures. So whatever battle may rage against you, it's the one who endures, not the one who gives up. The one who endures to the end. You need more mercy, you need more grace, you need more strength. Cry out to the Father. Lord, I need strength. Lord, I need reinforcements. Lord, I need help. I cannot, I will fail if you don't come help me. And I felt like I was failing and I was falling. But the Lord had my back. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Then the end will come. Let's look at Matthew, same chapter, verses 15 through 25. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. The sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Then it says, reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. You don't have time for that. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women, for those nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in the winter or the Sabbath. If the Lord is leading you, urging you, showing you to move, whatever that move might look like, then move. Ask for the right time. Is the right time? Is the right time? Show me the right place to go. Give me the resources to do it and then do it. He said, pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. You could have never told me in a million years the entire planet was shut down. America, the great? Kids are at home. I mean, I am in Nigeria. 
My children are now online doing their schoolwork. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law had to go downtown and pack up my daughter's dorm room and move her out quickly. Again, I was at peace with my children being here with them and all of that, but this was really unheard of. Got home, they're all in different places learning. Like, this is really crazy. And then it continued. And continued. I'm thinking, oh, it'll be like a week or two, a month. It continued. And it still continues. When I go out and I see people with masks and the different things that people are encountering, the fear, the fear, the fear that's trying to invade the earth is unreal. And so he said, how terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your flight will not be in the winter on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than any time since the world began, and it will never be so great. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. How many chosen ones do I have in this place on today? Amen. And in the name of Jesus, you will not lose your life before time. You will not go home to be with the Father before time because there is divine protection all around you as you obey the commandments of the Lord, as you walk in holiness, as you not sleep with someone who's not your spouse, as you declare your, holy, your temple holy, as you resist every temptation known to man as you have a clean heart for as David said create in me a clean heart that I might sin against you Lord if that's your cry on today cry it loud create in me a clean heart because there's some sins we can see but it's the sins that we can't see of pride and gossip Anger, jealousy, things that we can't see that are in the heart, that are hidden, but God knows they're there. He said, for the sake of the chosen ones. And then he said, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. And we have people in the earth warning us, Lisa. Jeremiah Johnson, Pastor Dana Coverston, and many, many other voices in the earth. Our, pa our Pastor Otha, Pastor Oyudip Bishop Oyudipo, other voices in the earth to make sure that we hear about this warning ahead of time so you won't say, I did not know. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Last one in Matthew, verses 36 through 44. He said, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. He did not say you wouldn't know the season. Or the year. He said, you won't know the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or son himself. Only the, only the father knows. But there'll be signs in the earth that you should begin to do this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. Signs. If you are sensitive and you listen. Signs. When the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, before the flood, the people were enjoying Banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. Right up to the time. This means Noah for a hundred years, he's warning, 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 warning. He's doing it, but no one is listening. They're partying and living life right up until the time he entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field, and one will be taken. 
the other will be left. Two women will be grinding flour at the meal, one will be taken, the other will be left. So you two must keep watch, for you don't know what day the Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. Is that right? I know I would. You also must be ready all the time. Don't let the Lord come back and find you in bed with somebody who's not your spouse. Don't let the Lord come back and find you in a group huddle gossiping about people on the job. Don't let the Lord come back and find you in a drug house somewhere doing something you should not be doing. Don't let the Lord come back and find you in a place you're not supposed to be in. You must be ready all the time for the son of man will come when you least expect him. He never comes when we expect him. We're believing him for something, exercising our faith. He never comes through when we expect him. He's always in my, in my mind, he's late, but in his mind, he's not late. Cause I asked you three weeks ago. I asked you six months ago, but he's like, no, I'm gonna keep on going. We're going to let, let patience have its perfect work. I'm going to drag this out all the way to the end. I'm like, Father, deliver me, deliver me. He's like, no, you got it. Because I would not allow you to go through it if you did not have the strength to bear it. Because I have given you the strength you need, the grace you need, the wisdom you need to bear it for your own growth and your own character. So, so stop begging God, get me out, get me out, get me out. No, Father, be with me. Be with me for however long this season lasts. That's what we need to say to the Father. Be with me. Be with us. And I know for sure he is with Lionheart Church. The Father is with Lionheart Church. As our pastor has kept the building open so we can come and secretly meet to get secrets from the Father, he will not let him do that and not reward our obedience and reward us for diligently seeking him. And in this hour, you need a pastor who can hear from the Holy Ghost. Many churches have been shuttered. They've been closed down and shut down. Why? Because they weren't speaking from the Holy Ghost. He will shut their mouths. He will shut them down. He will close their doors. And you will have people who are scrambling, looking for a place to go. They're looking for food because there is a famine in this earth. There is a famine in the earth. And so you will see people who will come in here. Because they're hungry. They are desperate. They need help. They need life. And their church won't open until next year. If the Lord allows them to reopen. And that's a huge if. Because we cannot assume if they close that it was the devil or Corona or the government. It could have been the Lord himself. Several years ago, there was a man who had fallen into great sin well, no, I would say maybe it was before it got to be great, great, great sin. He had an issue. He molested. He, from what I understand, I'll say it that way. From what I understand, he molested his sisters, four of his sisters, and he had several of them. And the parents, again, from what the reports say, tried to get counseling for him and cover it up. Apparently, he did not receive the help that he really, really needed or... The root of the thing was not dealt with and uprooted so that it kept resurfacing. So he got help, went on with life, he got married. He got married, wife has six kids, he's caught up in pornography. So bad that it was exposed. And so one might say, oh man, the devil out for his kids. And the man is a Christian, worked in Washington you know, for Christian initiatives and all of that. And people might assume that it was the devil who exposed him. 
But I dare say it was God who exposed him because he was trying to save that man's life, the wife's life, the children's lives. So don't assume that it's the devil. The Lord is in the business of exposing you if it's going to save you. He will even allow you to get sick and die. I didn't say he would kill you. I didn't say he would put, you, put sickness on you. I said he will allow you to get sick and die if it's going to save your soul. But his desire is that you on your own would repent. You. You would recognize your need for a savior. You would recognize that what I'm doing is error. And you would turn from your wicked ways. You would pray. You would ask for forgiveness. And then you would go on on the right path of what God has called you to do. But if that does not happen, he does not want others to be in danger because of your lack of holiness and your lack of integrity and your lack of righteousness. Let's take a look at the parable. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. It says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps have, are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in, went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. What devastation, the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Don't be one of the foolish, one of the foolish virgins. If we say prepare, 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 prepare. Ask the Father, how can you prepare and what can you do? And I said a few weeks ago, if you are single, if you have single children, whatever your circumstance, you do not have to fear. Whether you're married and have children, you don't have to fear what's going to come into the earth. But it is coming. But you don't have to be afraid because the Father has us covered. And as long as you do your part, then he will cover the part that you cannot do. He will cover that part. All the bridesmaids got them prepared. Like, Where am I? Where am I? Twelve. Thank you. When he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too, you must keep watch. For you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Not the day or the hour, but you can know the season. You can know the season. So my lesson today was talking about divine protection as a result of living in holiness. But it also has a dual meaning. I'm talking about spiritual preparedness natural preparedness and the protection that comes when you do your part now let's go back and look really quickly to what jesus said about what happened in noah's day matthew 24 37 through 39 he said when the son of man returns it will be like it was in noah's day in those days before the flood the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time noah entered his boat People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way, uh, that is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. 
So if you know, how many of you heard about Noah's story? Nor the ark, the animals, the flood. Okay, all right. Some of you have it, some of you haven't. That's fine. So I'm going to just read a couple of scriptures. So let's find out what happened. But I'll tell you what happened is that Noah, his wife, and their uh, children and spouses were all protected. And, and were all protected in spite of a flood that took over a year for the earth to dry out for a year. And as I was reading this morning and praying and asking the Lord about the things in the earth now, that stood out to me. Noah was 600 when it started. He was 601 when it ended. The scripture says 10 months and some days, and it said, and two additional months. And then the ground was dry. One year. So I felt the Lord just uh, impressing upon my spirit one year. Specifically what? I don't know. I'm not going to make anything. I don't know specifically what, but one year. He says, Genesis chapter 6, 1 through 9. It says, then the Lord began to multiply on the earth. The people, the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. These sons of God were not men. They were angels having sex with the daughters of men, the daughters in the earth, humans. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh in mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In those days and after some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. They were giants in the earth. I don't know how that happened. Don't ask me. I'm I, it's the question I have for the Lord because I don't know how that happened. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness, wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently totally evil. Consistently totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. When we are in sin, when we are habitually lying and not telling the truth, when we are operating in lack of integrity or lack of character, our father is sad. It breaks his heart. When we are indulging in things we shouldn't indulge in, it breaks his heart. Is he angry with us? He's, his heart is hurting because he knows the path you're going down is going to lead you to death. For in James, it talks about when you're drawn away by your own lust, tempted by your own lust, and you, and you commit the sin, then the sin is what leads you to death. The sin does it. Your own lust, your own temptation. So he was sorry he put them on the earth, and it broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. He's going to kill everybody. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the earth, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. And in Lionheart Church, we have righteous men. Let me hear the men say righteous men. We also have righteous women in this place called by God to pray down fire from heaven to cover our husbands, cover our sons, cover others who need prayer, cover others who are weak and downtrodden. Righteous men and women who live right for the Lord. Right, not raggedy. Holy, not sinful. Humble, not prideful. 
This is the account of Noah and his family. Let this be said about you and your family. Noah was a righteous man. The only, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with the Lord. That blew me away. The only one? The only. The only? Was his wife and children covered because of him? Because it says he's the only blameless person. Noah and Noah alone. All the, out of all the people in the earth, let you be that one. No matter what storm may rage, no matter what anybody else is doing, no matter what seems popular, let you be that one that God can say, she is righteous, he is righteous, they are blameless. So when you pray, heaven's open and your prayers are answered. Genesis 16, 17 through 6. Genesis 6, 17 through 22. He said, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood. That will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat. You and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and all the animals. And what does verse 22 says? Read it. So Noah did everything exactly as God has commanded him. Noah did everything. Everything exactly as God commanded him. You will find yourself divinely protected when you follow the specific instructions. There are no shortcuts. When he built that boat, if he had a short piece of wood over here, didn't put the piece on top, there would have been a, a, a leak in there. They would have sank. They would have sank. They would not have survived because there would have been a missed instruction. He said, Noah did exactly as the Lord instructed him. Genesis 7, verses 1 through 5. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all your family. For among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone, there it is again, you alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and for sacrifice. Because they killed animals and sacrifice back then. I have approved for eating and sacrifice. And take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. If there's no male and female, there can be no life. Male and female brings forth life. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth, and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. He was very, very specific. Genesis, oh, I'm sorry, I missed the most important. 
And so Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. That's verse five. So we're hearing it again. The Lord is making emphasis here. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Genesis 7, 9. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God has commanded Noah. Just as he commanded him. 7, 16. A male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. And the Lord closed the door behind them. The Lord did it. You don't have to ask, well, how, how this, how that, how this, how that. Follow the instructions. Do as God has commanded. He will take care of the rest. You do what you're supposed to do, and he will take care of what you can't do. Noah couldn't close that door. He built the boat. Took him forever in a day. He built the boat. And he told the people, a flood is coming. They're like, why is he building a boat? You look like a fool. Isn't that rain? What is that? A flood? What is that? But the Lord told him to prepare. 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 And fortunately, because Noah listened, his family and those animals were spared. Genesis 8, 13 through 17. Now, I didn't read where it says Noah was 600, but the scripture wanted you to know how old Noah was. He was 600. It says Noah was now 601. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, it's been raining a long time, raining and flooding a long time. The flood waters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, livestock, small animals that scurry along the earth so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. Now we know with Adam and Eve, and to pause for a second. They were called to replenish the earth. Noah is now called to replenish, he and his family called to replenish the earth. And the Lord, and so between 17 and verse 21, the Lord, Noah went out and had a sacrifice, killed the animals, all that unto the Lord. He said, and the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. I will never again do it. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. And he wiped everybody out, but he promised himself, I will never again destroy all living things. And as you, if you go on and read that chapter, and I encourage you to do, then he, then he gave us the rainbow. And that was his promise. When it rains, it's the rainbow in the sky. It's his promise, his covenant with us not to flood the earth, not to kill mankind with a flood, with water. That's the rainbow is for. Unfortunately, another group of people have tried to hijack the rainbow. It's God's rainbow. He created the rainbow. It's his and all the colors. And it was a covenant to show that I did this and I will never do it again. So what's happening in the earth right now is not the Lord. It is not the Lord. But if you find yourself fighting against God and living, against, living contrary-wise to his word, you will find yourself on the wrong side of protection. You're on the wrong side of protection. Now, I had so many other scriptures I was going to share, but I feel led just to talk to you 
and then maybe I'll share those on tomorrow. Because we hear about Job. Job was also a righteous man. He was also a righteous man. His kids were killed. His belongings were taken. His health was affected. But he, he was left alone. The Bible said he was blameless. He was righteous. Abraham, as he's interceding and praying for the people in Sodom, because God was ready to bring the fire. Because every man was wicked. Sexual sin was rampant in that day. Is sexual sin rampant in our day? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so he said, if I, if there are 50 people in the city, will you destroy it? No, I won't do it. So him and God going back and forth. 40 people, no, I won't do it. 30 people, no, I won't do it. 20 people, no, I won't do it. But for whatever reason, Abraham stopped. Why did he go all the way down to one? Maybe he thought to himself, there must be 10 righteous in the city. So I don't have to ask about the righteous people. There must be 10 righteous. And in Lionheart Church, I declare you will live out the rest of your days as righteous men and women of God. Righteous men and women of God called by God to live holy before him, full of humility and meekness in the name of Jesus. Well, Abraham didn't continue. So you already know what happened. It was destroyed by fire. It was destroyed. And so you must search your own heart and think about your own life. Is there some area of my life where I'm not walking uprightly? I desire that divine protection. Because we don't know what's going to happen next month. Not specifically, you may have an inkling in your heart, some impressions in your heart about what what will happen in the earth. I know I do. And the more I pray, the the more insight the Lord gives me. I just keep it quiet. I'm not one of those ones like, yeah, the Lord said this. I'm not that confident just yet on some things. So the secret things I just keep in my heart and I wait for confirmation from other prophetic voices in the earth. And when Lisa says it, Jeremiah Johnson and others, I mean, even in here, as I hear it, Lene, when she got up last week about the little foxes and getting things right, I'm like, Lord, this is just so good. Because you don't, he doesn't just speak to one. And these false religions start about one man who heard the Lord or who saw a vision. So those are not right because the Lord will speak to his children. He will speak to his servants and they will confirm, 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 confirm. And so I have some things that are in my heart, but I'm not afraid because the Lord is waking his children up to give them insight. And as long as you stay on the right path, you will be divinely protected, divinely connected, divinely inspired. And if you are sensitive, he will also speak to you. None of us are any special. We have any special gifting or what I mean the gifting, but we're not special in and of ourselves. I mean, the Lord chooses who he gives his messages to. I mean, just like Enoch, I mean, he walked the earth and he said the Lord took him. He just took him because he just loved him so much. and They just had so much time together. I'm like, well, Lord, I mean, that's great, but I don't want you to take me out the earth just yet. Just let me just hang out a little bit long. I got husband and kids and some plans and some desires, you know. But what sweet fellowship they had one with another. What sweet fellowship, but he just took them. So the Lord desires that for us, amen? Amen. So I would like to share um, a scripture in 1 John 1, 9. And it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter how old you are. 9, 19, 39, 59, 
109. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us. But we, but we must say it. You can't ponder like, oh, man, I feel so bad. Oh, man, I know this wasn't right. Oh, man, I can't say anything. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. You can't think about it. That's not how you order your food. That's not how you make a request. You have to open your mouth. Confess means to say. You must say, dear Heavenly Father, or if he's not your father, he's just God right now. Dear God, I didn't know. I did not know that Jesus was your son. I did not understand that he died for my sins. I did not understand that he came to save me so I could live in eternity with you. I repent of my sin. I choose to turn from my lifestyle. And I want to spend eternity with you, God, until he becomes father. Now, if he's father, father, daddy, Lord, savior, whatever you call him in your private time, I missed it. I'm so sorry I hurt your heart. I'm so sorry that I dibbled and dabbled in the things that I should not dibble and dabble in. Sometimes we can be blind and deceived and we fall into things. Other times you made a willful decision. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly. You were not deceived. You knew exactly what you were doing when you partook. Now, you still could have missed it, but you knew what you were doing because you wanted to. And sometimes you might get hit in a vulnerable time in your life and you got hit. And you recognize, you know what? I was vulnerable. That was stupid. Mm. Daddy, I'm sorry. I repent of my sin. I'm going to turn away from this. And I ask you for your grace to help me stay strong, to help me overcome continually. You're never too old to get it right. Never too old to get it right. You're never too old to get it right. In spite of what people told you. In spite of what previous pastors said. In spite of what other Christians have said. You can make a turnaround in a moment's notice. And you may not feel strong within yourself because you aren't. We all need his grace. I need his grace each and every day, every second of the day, every moment of the day, of the hour of the day, every night when I go to bed, when I wake up. I mean, it's crazy out here with the, with the things against my mind and then my own issues, my own insecurities, my own things I'm trying to overcome. I need God's strength. So I know you need his strength. So you are not out here by yourself. You are not alone. Whatever the issue is, whether it's an addiction or a temptation, the father is here to help you, to strengthen you. And if you need a human person to come alongside you, we have some of those too. Because I will make a phone call in a minute. If I need to, even my daughter's morning, mommy, can I pray for you? You sure can. Pray for me, honey. Pray for me. So children who are called by God, who are anointed by God, who love God, they're sensitive and they'll pray. So we'll take a moment and we're going to look to this scripture. I don't want you to be loud. Like earlier in the beginning of the service, we just spoke to the Lord about something. And now we're going to speak to the Lord about something else. If there are things in your life that the Lord has convicted you, not condemned you, not condemned condemnation is from the devil conviction is from the Holy Spirit where he gently lets you know this is not right this is not right this is not right and you might try to bat it away and ignore it like ah whatever 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 but you know in your heart of hearts that wasn't right how I spoke to her was not right 
I was rude. I was short. I was impatient. I need to apologize. Don't be too big to apologize to a person. But most importantly, apologize to your Heavenly Father. So let's all bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to repent and to recommit ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord God, for your word is true. For it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness and unrighteousness. You said, Father, that you are faithful to forgive us. So, Father, as we open our lips to you and you alone, Father, the one who can bring us to heaven or allow us not to come to heaven, not man, Father, but you, we repent, Lord God, for the hidden sins of our hearts, the things that no one else can see but you. We repent, Father, for the secret things of our heart, Father, not just that, but our outward behavior. We repent, Lord God. We're so sorry for hurting your heart. We're sorry for yielding to temptation and doing the wrong thing. Please forgive us. Please forgive me, Father. I ask for you to cleanse me now in the name of Jesus. And God, I don't know you yet as my Father. I just know you as God. I really don't know you at all. But I would like to know you. Please come into my heart. I didn't know I had need of a Savior. Didn't know I need to apologize to you. I've never even really heard a whole lot about you. But I thank you that today my heart has been convicted. You have knocked on the door of my heart and I choose to open that door and let you in. Please come in and be Lord of my life. Please come in, Lord, and save me. So no matter what happens in this earth, Heavenly Father, I know that I will spend my time with you in heaven. For tomorrow is not promised. The next day is not promised. Next month is not promised. So dear God, thank you for becoming my Heavenly Father. Thank you for helping me to walk the walk that you desire for me. Thank you for the purpose of which I was born. And I so appreciate not being too old to get it right or not being too young to receive your grace. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a statement that we say in deliverance. And we say, a secret in the earth is a scandal in the spirit. A secret in the earth is a scandal in the spirit. You think no one knows what you're doing. You think no one knows your thoughts. You think no one knows what you're doing behind closed doors. But on the contrary, everyone knows. People? Nah, they don't know. But in the spirit realm, because we have two worlds. We have an invisible world that we cannot see. And we have the visible world that we can see. So we have this world that we can see. And the Bible says that what we cannot see is more real than what we do see. So we see each other, but the other beings that we cannot see in the sanctuary are more real than the people you see sitting next to you. Or even me being in front of you. So if you have secrets and things you are holding in your heart... 
unrepented sins, you would then reap, you will reap the fruit of that and the manifestation of that in the earth. Do you understand that? So you may think, okay, well, I'm not hurting anyone by watching this pornography. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just watching a few images. And you could be male or female. Male or female. It's not just to men. It's to women. You may have an addiction to pornography or had an addiction to pornography. And you think, no one knows, so it's okay. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not sleeping around, so I can watch these images. But what you don't know is what's happening in the invisible realm. The doors you are opening for yourself to be tormented, for your destiny to be locked down to where you cannot have any forward movement. Because no one knows. I mean, why am I stuck? No one knows that I'm, I'm not hurting anyone. On the contrary, though, you are hurting yourself and giving license to the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. That's just one thing. That's just one thing. I mean, you can be on the job stealing time. You're there, but you have work. You're stealing. You're there, but you spend half your time on social media. Got this post, that post, this post, that post, and not saying a word. Not saying anything of value. But then you want your full paycheck. You are stealing. It's lack of integrity. And then you wonder why you can't ever get this promotion. And you're mad when people keep getting passed. You get passed over. It's because you don't have a heart of integrity. And so the Lord is not only after your behaviors. He's after your heart. He is after your heart. Having a clean heart. A clean heart. Now, I can't see your heart. I don't know the junk that may or may not be in there. I know I had some issues. I had things I had to get out. I mean, I was like, okay, my chest is hurt, and I just somehow have to, I have to get this out of me. Just when you allow, when people hurt you and you want to hold on to it and letting it go, it just builds up, and you just feel so much pain and, you, and so much torment. But I got to get rid of this. And so I had to release stuff, release stuff, release stuff, release stuff, because my heart was dirty. So much toxins and trash and stuff, because I could not forget. No, not could not, would not. Because I could. I know the word. I'm a Christian. I'm a woman of God. I know the word. I know the right thing to do. But I wanted to hold on to the hurt because it makes me feel good to hold on to it because I'm justified in being mad. Until it started to affect my body physically. I was tormented in my mind. And not the torment I mentioned earlier. No, that's something different. No, this is me bringing a judgment upon myself because I won't do the word that I know. Some of us are ignorant of the word, and so we don't do it because we don't know. There are others we know full well with the word. You have been in the way for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, many years. You know the word. When instead of doing it, we scoff at it like, I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to submit to that. But that secret is what's holding you back. That secret is what then breach. It breaches your wall of protection. It breaches your force field. For something to come in and surprise you. But the Lord in this day desires for his children to be protected. He wants his kids to be protected. I told you at the beginning that the safest place you can be is in the center of God's will. And when you are operating according to his word, you are operating according to his word and his commandments and his statutes and his testimonies. You can find yourself in a safe place. No matter where you are, and before this world gets better, it's going to get worse. 
I mean, I try to stay away from it. I want, I watch the news and stay connected so I can know what's going on in the world. And so I can know how to pray. But there are some days I can't take it. I just shut it down. I can't take it. Because it's getting worse and worse and worse. And so let me encourage you. Encourage you to find yourself in the secret place of the Most High. By getting everything out of your heart that's not like him. Allowing that darkness to be released from your heart and your mind. Whatever past experience it may have been or even presently raging in your life. People do go through stuff. I mean, I, go, I don't look like I go through stuff, but I go through stuff. I mean, I smile and praise the Lord and give many hugs because I love to get love and all that kind of stuff. But on the back end, stuff is going pretty crazy. But the Lord is with me. He is with me. The Lord is with you. He is with each and every one of you to heal your heart, to heal your life, to heal your mind, to advance you in every area of your life. If there's some area that you are not productive or moving forward, I, I urge you, I beg of you to go to the Father because he is not withholding information. He's not withholding it just to withhold it. But he will withhold it if you don't want to hear the truth. If you want to hear the truth, you embrace truth, he will tell you. But don't be mad at the truth. And don't be mad at any messenger who brings the truth. Open your heart and say, Father, I hear you. I've been wrong a long time because of my pride, my ignorance, my stubbornness, being headstrong. I want to do it my way, my way, my way, my way, my way. I was thinking a few days ago about my way. When I was younger, my mom said, do this, do that. Do oh, no, I got it, I got it. Oh, man, I ended up in a ditch every time. And I was so sorrowful. It's like, man, if I had just listened, if I only listened. And your heavenly father is trying to get you to listen. He's trying to share some things with you. Stop going this way. Stop working so much. Stop working so much. Stop working so much. Don't toil. I will bless you. I will make you rich. Don't toil. Seek me. I'll give you the idea. I'll give you the invention. I'll give you. Stop toiling. You don't have to work 80 hours a week. Stop toiling. I got you, boo, as my daughters tell me. I got you, boo. Stop toiling. Seek the Father. Do like Noah. Do exactly what he would have you to do. When you are sure you have gotten a word from on high, a specific word from God, a word from God, however that word may come, it may come through a dream, a vision from your pastor, a friend, a book, a song, an impression, or when you read the word, in any other way the Lord wants to get it to you. I'm so in awe of how he does that. I have a question. I'm like, man, you are so awesome in how you answered me. But don't make a move. If you ask him the question, don't make a move until you have the answer. Well, he's taking too long. I'm going to go ahead and just do it my way. Remember how the children of Israel did? Moses was on the mountaintop getting the word from the Lord. Oh, he's taking too long. He's taking too long. They're going to do their own thing and start worshiping. No, 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 no. This is not the right way. So if, he, if you ask him a question, he will answer you. For He said, if you ask, I will answer you. If you knock, I will open the door. If you seek, you will find it. When I returned from Nigeria last year, I was so in awe of all that had transpired. And I, was, I felt led to go start cleaning out my basement, just purging and going through. I, I found 
Mm-mm-mm. Journals that I have from 20, 25 years ago of things I have written in my journal that the Lord had communicated to me back then. And I was amazed at how those things spoken to my heart 20 years ago connected to what happened on the trip to Nigeria. I was in awe of that. And I said to myself, why would I find this now? I haven't opened this journal in over 20 years. 25 years. Why would I find this now? Not only that, I found this little bookmark of a trip my husband and I had taken with the singles at our former church, all the single people. We all went on this trip down here to Georgia. He and I were the bus captains. Bus number eight, new beginnings, Lord have mercy. And I had been asking the Lord, what we were dating at the time, what have you called him to do? I didn't ask him, because he didn't know. I asked the Lord, what have you called him to do? He was content and happy, which was great, being an usher and serving God and giving his tithes and offerings and helping people. He was content, but I knew in my heart there's something more. Now, I knew at the time I was called to the ministry. Make no mistake about it, I will be the next Joyce Meyer. I didn't know. I just knew that the Lord has called me to the ministry. I was preparing to go to Bible school at the time, and and many of you have heard this story, but some of you haven't, so I'm going to repeat it. And we go on this trip, and on the way back from Georgia, going back to Michigan, I, I'm laying my head on his lap because I'm pretty tired. It's a long drive. And he says to me, not oath of the Lord, I've called him to be a pastor. What you say? I sat up. I said, did you say something? He said, no, I didn't say anything. I'm looking around. I'm looking. Because we're in the front because we're the captains, right? So I'm looking back. Did somebody call me? Did somebody say something? He said, I've called him to be a pastor. And so I looked around. There was no one speaking. So I just laid my head back down. And I didn't say another word until after we got home. I got in my car and called my father. Daddy, the Lord has spoken. He's called me to be a pastor. I can't be a first lady. I can't be a pastor's wife. He's like, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing. But the Lord said he called me to be a pastor. And he said, well, aren't you called to the ministry? Yes, I am. But what's the first lady? I can't be a first lady. I can't be. That was back in 94. When I got back from Nigeria... I cracked open a book that had the bookmark in it from August 1994. So through all the things that he and I have encountered, the ups and downs of ministry, the ups and downs of marriage, the ups and downs of parenthood, finances, illness, whatever it has been, the Lord had a plan. And like I tell many young people, not young in age, but young in marriage, if you don't give up, before you grow up, you will make it to the end. You will make it to the end. If you don't give up before you grow up, because you must mature in the things of God. You must mature. You must experience some things. You must encounter the Father's love the way you know is his love. If you don't give up, you will make it. You know the scripture say? Endure to the end. And so as I saw that bookmark, I mean, I just sat there in awe. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, OMG. I found the bookmark in a book I haven't opened in forever by Aretha Hagen. God's grace, no, the, the assignment, the grace is not greater than the assignment. Let me think for a second. Dino, you know what it is? Nope, he wouldn't know. Um, let me give me one second. The price, there it is. The price is not greater than God's grace. 
That's Aretha Hagen's book. The price is not greater than God's grace. So I go, to the, go on this trip, and I'm pondering, pondering, thinking, thinking, and I feel led to go to my bookshelf, pull the book down. Now, I've read this. I've had this book for over 20 years. Over 20 years. I've read the book numerous times, but this is the time that I find the bookmark. What? Lord, did you put that bookmark there? Was it somewhere else in my box of junk and you took it out and put it in that book? Or did you hide it? Did you hide it for me? For this moment, for this time, for me to see this bookmark. Because when we went to Nigeria, the Lord was speaking to our destiny. And when I asked him the question on the trip in 94, he was speaking to our destiny. The Lord has a divine destiny for you. And maybe you've been running, but you cannot hide, baby. You cannot hide. You've been trying. Remember, remember um, Jonah? He thought he was going to get away, but the Lord would not let him get away. You can try to shut him out. You can try to work it away, live a different lifestyle, but he is right there. And if you have someone praying for you, they will not let it. My mama's prayers are still coming to pass in the earth, and she's been gone since 98. Her prayers are still being answered in this earth. Still. I recently read a really, really good book called um, Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. Powerful woman. Gay girl, good God. And she talked about how she had this cousin, Keisha who was just so loving and so kind, and she wasn't trying to fix her and make her right. She just loved her and prayed for her and prayed for her. And then one day, Keisha said, you know, God won't leave me alone. I've got this girlfriend. I'm in love. He won't leave me alone. He just won't leave me alone. And she said, oh, that's because I'm praying for you. <laughs> and that's all she told her. That's because I'm praying for you. I love you, and I'm praying for you. And Keisha kept on praying. And so I watched a YouTube video of this same girl, this author, and she talked about how the Lord wouldn't let up. And he's like, surely, does he want me that bad? And she's like, yep, he wants you that bad. He wants you that bad. So you may have been running, and I'm telling you right now to hang up your running shoes. Forget about your inadequacies. You didn't call you. He called you. You didn't give yourself a purpose. He gave you a purpose. He gave you destiny. He had an idea in mind about you before he put you in the earth. It does not matter how you got here. Whether you were conceived in sin, whether you were conceived in marriage, before marriage, after marriage, adultery, it doesn't matter how you got here. The Lord had a plan for your life. Has a plan for your life. But in order to access all the things we're talking about, that divine guidance, your steps being ordered of the Lord. You must walk in his way. You must follow his commandments. You must do it the way he said do it. You don't get to do it the way you want to do it and expect the same result. Well, I don't really want to do it that way, but, you know, still bless this anyway. Like, you know, I know this guy isn't a Christian, but, you know, we good. Not really. I mean, I had to talk to a woman, it was, and I wasn't harsh with her, but I had to, get, I had to show her. Because she was talking about all the drama she was experiencing in her marriage. Like, well, was he a Christian when you got married? No. Were you? Yes. I said, you were a Christian. Yes. Were you backslidden? No, I was going to church serving God. I said, but he wasn't. 
So it didn't take, it didn't take forever for her to put those dots together. Like, mm, I did this. I did this because I wanted to do it my own. I wanted a family so bad. I wanted a family so bad. So bad that I married some guy who did not love my heavenly father, who did not love my Jesus. And you can't make people love Jesus. They have to come to him on their own, just like you did. No one can make you love Jesus. No one can make you serve him. No one can make you read his word. No one can make you fall in love with him. And it has to come from their own heart. And the Lord will send people and send, uh, send people prayers, all that, to encourage that walk. But not all will yield. All can be saved, but all won't be saved. Every marriage can be saved, but every marriage won't be saved. All can be delivered, but all won't be delivered. And that's just how it is. The sad truth. But we can save more than that will be lost if you pray. If you do your part, because we all have a part to play. So forget about what you think about yourself. Your inadequacies and why would God use me? Again, he calls you. You didn't call yourself. There's so much life you have in you. So much to give. So much to share. In your own way. In the beginning, I just would lament, and I'm like, man, my husband, he's just so great. He's so funny. He's so this. He's so that. I wish I was more like him. I was like, you know what? But I'm not him. So do you, boo. <laughs> I had to just embrace who God has called me to be and how he has called me to do what I do. Appreciate the gift that God has put in my husband, but I had to appreciate what God put in me. So in the name of Jesus, you are people who appreciate how your father made you fearfully, beautifully, spectacularly, whatever you want to call it. You, you are, you are special, called by God, created by God to do great things. So don't say you can't when God says you can. Because he said I, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. You cannot do it alone. You do need our father's love. You do need his strength and his help. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Just go ahead and begin to pray softly in your heavenly prayer language. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. You are so precious to our Heavenly Father. You're so precious. You are so loved. You're so loved. It doesn't matter if you were rejected by your mother. Rejected by your father, rejected by your pastor, rejected by your former spouse, your siblings, your co-workers. Because the Lord said, if they reject you, I will take you up. I will. I will. And what's so amazing about him is that when there's no human around, he is there. When I've had to cry myself to sleep, he was there. When I could not articulate the challenge I was facing, 
he was there. When I longed for a deeper relationship, a more intimate relationship with him, he was there. So no matter what you need in the moment, what you need today, what you need tomorrow, he's there. He's there. He loves you. And that's something that some people just don't get to experience in its fullness and its pureness is love. The Father, He loves so unconditionally, without conditions. The Father, the Father. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your children will feel your love this morning. They will feel the fullness of your peace, the fullness of your care in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, if there are any people that are here that are not your children, they would also feel your peace and your love. For your word says that it is your goodness that leads men to repent. So I thank you for your goodness. I thank you so much for your goodness. We were blind in sin and weren't thinking about you. You were thinking about us. So I pray over this house right now in the name of Jesus for the peace of God to fall on every individual the peace of God to fall on every individual in this place. And I thank you, Lord God, that when they leave here on today, you will speak to them. Even beyond what I shared this morning. Thank you, Father, for every person, every life, every family, every husband, every wife, every son, every daughter, every grandmother grandfather, aunt, uncle, cousin, brother, sister. I thank you for them all, Lord God. You're so awesome. We bless you. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Now there may be some who are here.